Hello again, everybody. It's time for the Mainland Podcast, episode number 151. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. I'm in the new house, Dave. I've been in the new house since mid-January, but only within the last week have I gotten internet, so now we can we can resume podcasting. David Rowe, senior columnist at The Mainland, joining me as always. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I've had internet the whole time, but you have all the stuff for doing this, so it hasn't really made a difference, unfortunately. No, if only one of us has internet, that's no good. No, that's not good. It needs to be two of us. Yes. And it was not two of us. It was one of us, and that was not going to work. Um, it was a long slog. Of course, I moved into a new neighborhood, brand new. The, most of the houses here are not built. Most of them are still either not even broken ground yet or are just dirt piles or maybe have a few cinder blocks up uh, with some some walls, some studs. Uh, but it's really it's really a brand spanking new area. It's good. I like it. It's It's quiet. It's peaceful. We were the second people to move in, the first to actually put money down um, to move in, and then the second to move in. And now we're up to about five or six families in the neighborhood now, and it's uh, it's still very quiet. I like it a lot, but it it didn't have the infrastructure that we were kind of assured that it would have. So the the high speed internet was a long delay, a very long delay. It took me one month and one day from the time I moved in to get internet, and I was. Um, uh, well, it reminded me that we now live in an age where we need internet. Oh yeah, yeah. It's been uh, interesting for those of you who have just listened to the podcast. Uh, you may not realize how interesting it's been for Michael as editor of the Mainland because we would get little notes from him. Uh, I think I have enough data on my phone to look at something. Can somebody help? Yeah, it was not ideal to run a website when you have no internet. It's um, there's little things you could do. I stayed at work late, you know, a few times, and um, you know, I did the thing where I found out who in the neighborhood or in the area had a Wi-Fi, and I would go with the laptop there to do some things sometimes. But it was it was pretty poor uh, overall um, experience. I know first world problems and all, but um, but now we're you back. Know, our our listener would like another episode of uh, the podcast and here we are to deliver it to our our one listener (laughs) well it's a big assumption that they're still there but let's do it anyway yeah well my hope is that they have subscribed so it automatically downloads and then it'll just show up on their phone and um, it doesn't matter if they you know go to download it or not It's, it's just there and they'll see it and they'll oh we may as well listen to this uh the format's gonna be a little different today dave we we don't have a lot planned because we've been doing testing. We actually did record a full show on, uh, it was it Thursday of last week. We thought that it worked out, but it did not. Uh, you could not hear Dave. So it wasn't optimal, unless you don't like <laughs> Dave. Uh, Which, but, okay, <laughs> but it still sounds like a one-sided conversation, even if you don't like me. Right, You. it would be weird. You would hear me talk, and then you would hear like a little murmur in the background, and then you know I might laugh and then say, yeah, that's right, I, I agree, or something to that effect. And you would have no idea what I was agreeing to. Um, so it, it basically sounds like what um, what my wife hears from me every night. Just talking to myself and, <laughs> and not not really making a lot of sense. Anyway, it sounded so, like a crazy guy walking down the street talking to himself. 
Right, so we don't have a lot to go on in terms of a plan, so we're just kind of winging it. Uh, of course, a lot has happened since the last time that we had one of these shows. It's not probably very practical to try to recapture everything that has happened between then and now. So we're going to move forward as if this like is like the first podcast, <laughs> and we're just going to talk about some recent stuff, and we'll set up for, uh, of course... Uh, the big game this weekend against New York City FC as Orlando City begins its fifth MLS season. Dave, of course, the biggest news of the offseason uh, just happened in recent weeks, and that was the signing of former Manchester United and Portugal international winger uh, Luis Nani. And I think that uh, it was a big surprise to all of us when the the rumor hit uh, that this was a player that Orlando City was in on. Um, it's been a while since we've heard a big name associated with Orlando City, and you know, obviously, it's not the size of a, of a Kaká, but Nani is a, a, a player that's uh, he's won four English Premier League championships. He's won the uh, you know the, the Champions League. He's uh, of course been in the World Cup. This is a you know for a, a major contender. This is a, a player that is well known, and even at age 32, which I know some of you think is just so freaking old, um, <laughs> he's still got a lot left in the tank. Was still producing at a good level uh, in Portugal for Sporting uh, there in Lisbon when uh, his his uh, assist plus goals per 90, very very respectable in that league. That should translate well to MLS. Absolutely. It, look when. Somebody like that comes into MLS, and I know we're all MLS fans, but um, it, it is helpful sometimes to have a realistic view of the product that we are watching. And somebody like that, even at 32, is going to be one of the better players in MLS. Uh, additionally, we saw over a lot of this offseason the move towards youth uh, under James O'Connor and this is exactly the type of player that can come in be a leader from the start um, you know especially in his position in the midfield and provide some direction provide the experience those types of things to allow you know these younger guys to learn from and these young guys that we want to keep around for a while uh, to help them develop help them become better players and then also you know, helps score some goals. Absolutely. There's, um, you know, the, you talked about him being a leader. He was captain at sporting um, when, uh, when he was uh, transferred to Orlando city, free transfer, three year designated player deal for Nani. And uh, the expectation is in the next few days, we will officially hear that Sasha questions uh, designated player contract has been paid down with allocation money to get him under the maximum contract uh, level. Uh, it will not affect Sasha's paycheck. He'll get the same amount of money, uh, but it will uh, not count as a, a plus max contract against the cap. So, um, and that's with allocation money. The the dreaded Garber bucks are four. So, uh, this is a player who filled a, a, the biggest need, in my opinion, on the team. Not only an attacking midfielder. Uh, but also a left winger, and that's what Nani can bring to the table. He can bring a very high level. This allows James O'Connor to play a 3-4-3 or a 4-3-3 anytime he wants. Uh, we did see some 3-5-2 in the preseason. Not that we got to see a lot of the preseason. Thanks a lot, Orlando City. Um, right. <laughs> and I know it's not just Orlando City. The uh, uh, One of the things that I learned this offseason was that the contracts 
that they draw up for these preseason friendlies are often uh, there are often stipulations in these contracts that the that the, the the preseason friendlies be closed. It may have been a, as a mutual thing. It may have been from the you know the other team. It may have been from only Orlando City. But I know that uh, you know I couldn't get a straight answer of who wanted which games closed. But I'm pretty sure the Minnesota game was both teams. Um, and I'm not sure about the f- the first few. It could have been either one. I believe Philadelphia didn't want theirs open, but I I don't have a. a a confirmation of that, but anyway, we didn't want to see that game anyway. Orlando lost four to one. Um, yeah. So the two games I saw, Dave, were were very good. the The ball movement was head and shoulders above where it was last year. The understanding of the players, uh, where their teammates would be, night and day from what we saw last year when when Question and and Justin Miram were trying to connect on the field, and they were both trying to connect with Dom Dwyer and Chris Mueller. It just wasn't it was very disjointed last year this looks a lot crisper it looks like everybody knows where they're supposed to go it looks like everybody knows where their teammates are supposed to go and it's it's going to it's going to be interesting this year i know a lot of people that read our site you know the mainland.com they they like to talk about the shape and the shape this year i'm going to tell you is not going to be um very important in a lot of ways because the players move where they're needed to move. They they really are more about the space on the field in relation to the players and the ball. And so sometimes, I think we were calling it in the press box the other night, uh, the <laughs> the three blob. So three <laughs> defenders and then a blob in front of them. Uh, because that's where it ended up. I mean, Chris Nigita had one sequence where within 30 seconds he was defending low on the left side and also then uh when the team transitioned he was the attacking right wing uh on the ensuing attack so once the ball was turned over so guys can go anywhere there's a lot of freedom of movement in this system uh James O'Connor is finally putting in a system that looks like the one he had at Louisville City the players seem to be buying in they seem to be very excited and very positive I think a lot of that is from the youth that's been brought in I think a lot of that is the fact that um James brought in a couple of his players from Louisville who are kind of been able to, you know, help communicate to the other players what they need to be doing. <laughs> and, you know, just a, a renewed um, dedication, it looks like, from the side. It looks like uh, a completely different team in terms of, I mean, everything. I mean, the, the one thing that stuck out to me on the in the New York City game was how, how much Sasha Kleschen looked like New York Red Bulls' Sasha Kleschen. Um, just making some insanely accurate passes through traffic uh, between defenders right onto a, an on-running teammate uh, hitting him in stride. It was it was really nice to see that after you know what we saw last year where nothing seemed to go exactly right. So um, it's a little optimistic uh, on you know to to say that this team's going to be remarkably better than last year it certainly would be difficult to envision them being worse uh, but I think you can't take too much from preseason other than to me it looks like the building blocks are in place for a an upward trajectory now whether that trajectory gets them in the playoffs in 2019 or not I don't know I kind of I kind of doubt it um, and I and I put that in words <laughs> in writing in the uh, the um, mainland staff predictions for the year, but I think that this is a team that will stay in the hunt for playoffs through most of the season and maybe come up a few points short. 
you know, but if they exceed expectations, um, they might be able to sneak in if some other teams have some problems or whatnot. But they got to stay healthy. They're still thin at some spots. Uh, center back is a bit thin after letting a few guys go. Amro Tarek and Jonathan Spector, they brought in Alex Tijon. And uh, if they're going to go three at the back, those guys got to stay healthy because otherwise they're not going to get to go three at the back. Because uh, right. they really kind of right now, I mean, Carlos Asquez has been out. So they've got Sané. They've got O'Neal, they've got DeJohn, and that's really it. <laughs> I mean, as yeah. far as center backs. They do have Kamal Miller, who was a draft pick, but they have not officially signed him yet. So it'll be interesting in the next couple of days to see if he is, uh, if he signs a contract when uh, when the rosters have to be turned in here in a few days. So um, that's something that we will be on the lookout for. Uh, but it will, you know, it's of course been an interesting preseason. Dom Dwyer has been hurt. He should be uh, back. I don't know if he'll be back for the opener, but he should be back very soon, very early in the season. Uh, quad injury. Um, he's day to day officially. Um, you know, we've we've had uh, issues with uh, Kyle Smith has has had a knock. Jao Moutinho has had a knock. Uh, but you know, the guy that took his place, Danny Acosta, had a great game against New York City. So I mean, it looks like the team has gotten younger, has gotten faster, and has gotten. Um, players that really understand how James O'Connor wants to play. It just is a matter of can they perform like they did in the Orlando City Invitational, Dave, when the other team is game planning for them. Preseason scrimmages tend to not have a lot of game planning involved. (laughs) When the intensity is ratcheted up and when there's more on the line and when the other team's coming at them a little bit quicker, a little bit harder. All very good questions. And... The answer is, of course, we'll see, but I am more hopeful following uh, the Invitational than I was going in. Um, I, If you go back and read some of my articles prior, um, I was a bit more doom and gloom and, you know, it's just, you know, don't expect anything and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm still hedging my bets. I mean, I'm not <laughs> expecting, you know, we're not going to go top of the table or anything stupid like that. But... Um, I think that we heard that players were buying in. We heard that they were getting the concepts that O'Connor was wanting to instill. We heard about all this stuff going on, but until you actually see it, it's you know, it then it's it's just hearsay. So unfortunately, I didn't get to see anything. So I still have to go on what you know you say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like the guys are getting in that. They are understanding the concepts, and they, the attitudes, both uh, from what I can tell on the field and also you know on social media, etc., are very very good. Additionally, you uh, add in that they didn't have Dom during that time, um, and and some of the other guys you mentioned, and in the uh, this the game there they won six two. They had an almost whole different squad in there with a ton of even younger guys, and they scored a ton of goals. So I'm not saying that they're deep, because as you mentioned, there are spots where they're not. But by the same token, there are there are younger guys behind um, the first team, let's call it, that you know may be able to step in. Um, now, can they do that once the season's going and people are game planning for them, et cetera? 
We don't know. Um, but, you know, last year we were all excited about all the signings that we had and expecting all kinds of great things. This time we're all like, eh, let's kind of wait and see. So who knows? Maybe we get surprised. Um, you know, maybe they make the playoffs. In my prediction in the article, I said they make the playoffs, but then they lose that first game. I, you know, I'm with you. If they, if they get close, I, I'm going to be happy. Anything, this, Almost anything is an improvement over last year. So if, if I can see... If I can see the growth, if I can see everybody pulling in the same direction and, and moving towards where we need to be, I'll be good. They really just need to start building something, and, and that's not something that they've been able to do thus far. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the season unfolds. We certainly don't want another new coach and another new set of ideas and another new set of players who want to start building something here. And, um, you know, even if it's just a season of laying the foundation for future seasons because I still think there's a transfer window or two away from having the team that really James O'Connor wants I think they're I think they would like to shed Kleshen's contract at the end of this year Uh, I think they tried to trade him in the offseason and they wanted to get more um, a little bit younger a little bit quicker in his spot um, but if he plays like he did against New York, I don't think they'll mind having him for another year. Yeah, uh, no. But there, you, you just can't rebuild an entire team. And I think there's, you know, we, we've talked about the backup striker to Dom Dwyer. You know, they bring in a Tesho Akindele, whose um, numbers have fallen almost every year he's been in the league, although he's seen his numbers dwindle in Dallas behind some, some pretty talented uh, forwards. Um, can he get it going? Can Chris Mueller take the next step in his evolution? I don't know. I, I think that this team is banking on some guys backing up Dom Dwyer that haven't proven that they can be consistent, reli- consistently reliable. So I think they missed the boat on a second striker. I'm, I think they probably would have loved to have signed one, but maybe a little bit money-strapped with uh, the way that Nicky Budalic uh, and Jason Christ constructed the team last year. And also... Uh, could use another attacking midfielder. Uh, the goalkeeper situation really wasn't sufficiently addressed in the offseason, in my opinion. They brought in Greg Ranjitsing uh, from Louisville City, hoping he could take the next step. Uh, apparently, they weren't real thrilled with what they were seeing in the preseason because they did bring in Brian Rowe on a, uh, on a trial basis, and he ended up making the club. In fact, I think he may end up being the starter on opening day. So that's yeah. uh, a possible... Uh, sign that things were not quite as as good. Uh, they weren't quite as comfortable with their goalkeeping situation as as they were saying publicly, and we were led to believe. So Brian Rowe is a guy who had a really good year in 2016 with the Galaxy, kind of fell off a bit the next year, and went ended up going to I think Vancouver, and then uh, didn't have a great run there and was back up. Um, Hasn't been consistent. Uh, did give up a goal from distance in the uh, New York City game. And I think a lot of people are really kind of freaking out about him. But I think when he's when he's on his game, he's he's a you know he's a, he's a good solid starter. I just think everybody would have felt better if they would have gone out and gotten someone that is like a you know not that they could get Luis Robles, but wouldn't it have been right. nice you know wouldn't it have been nice if they did um a sean johnson a zach stefan there's there's just not a i don't think they could afford to go spend money on the goalkeeping situation this year so they're trying to muddle through with what they have and we'll see how that goes again probably a little thin at center back a little thin at the attacking midfield position a little uh lacking 
you know, really lacking proven uh, quality behind Dom Dwyer at striker. So there are some holes in this team, and we'll see how those play out over the course of the year. And that will start on Saturday afternoon against the Pigeons at Orlando City Stadium. Uh, Dave, the uh, in addition to Brian Rowe, you know, some other guys were brought in this offseason. I'm pretty excited about Sebas Mendez. Uh, he looked really, really good against New York City. Looks like he's going to be a handful for teams. He's got incredible energy. He runs all day. He gets in people's faces. He's got um, he's got a little bit of a feisty side, but not necessarily in a in a get a stupid yellow card kind of way. Um, he he did a great job forcing a turnover that led to Orlando City's winning goal. Uh, looked very good and confident on the ball in the attack. So he looks like a really good two-way player, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does this season. The guy that everybody will be really impressed with, <laughs> maybe not as an overall player, but certainly by his speed, and that's Ruan, the uh, right back out of Brazil, mm-hmm. who is just... He makes Mohamed El Munir seem slow. Uh, he just he made some very very impressive runs, and uh, he will be he will be exciting to watch. Now, whether he he is a good player or not, we'll we'll see as the season unfolds, as I mentioned. So, um, very excited. We'll talk. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do our um, predictions, our score predictions, uh, and and our key matchups a little later in the show, like we normally do. Yeah. Um, let's turn our attention toward the Orlando Pride. Um, not much going on in the Pride scene. I think that's going to change very, very quickly because as we uh, we get closer uh, and closer to the She Believes Cup and uh, NWSL season is creeping closer, some of these players unsigned need to need to be re-signed or they need to be replaced. So I, I expect some player movement uh, for the Pride here in the coming weeks. Um, so far, the only movement has been out with the departure of two Brazilian internationals, Poliana, who had her, uh, she had her, um, her option picked up, but they have parted ways. Uh, Poliana wanted to go back to Brazil and a mutual parting of the ways there. And Monica, who, uh, would, was offered a, uh, a new deal, but has uh, chosen to sign with another team. We we presume not a, an NWSL team because the pride own her rights. Uh, yeah. They would need to get something for her. So we think she'll go to either Europe or maybe also back to Brazil. So uh, Monica won't be here. Poliana won't be here. The bad news uh, is they'll have to find some replacements. The good news is hopefully those replacements won't be gone for the entirety of the World Cup. Yeah, that's exactly what, what I was thinking of. The silver lining there is... Uh, Two internationals who you know definitely would have uh, played in the World Cup uh, are no longer taking up spots on the roster. Yeah, we do have to replace them, but it's going to be one of those seasons where everybody has to get players to replace players. So you know, it's going to be a weird, wild one in NWSL this season um, because of the World Cup. So I, it's I don't want to say it's anybody's game because it's not, but man, it's it's going to be hard to predict things uh, until we know who's, who's missing and, and who's, who's here uh, and not just for us, but for every team. Well, North Carolina and Portland are going to be okay. I think. Well, that's why I said it, it's not anybody's <laughs> game. I mean, those two, yes, they'll be fine. Yeah. Their backups uh, are basically start just more starters. They don't have backups. They have more starters. Um, anyway, 
Uh, it'll be really cool to see what Mark Skinner brings to the table after three years of Tom Sermani. Love Tom Sermani. He's a great guy, great guy to talk to. Um, but he is out. Mark Skinner is in. Mark Skinner seemed, uh, we had a little meeting, a uh, media day, not really a media day, but sort of like a just come down to the stadium and meet Mark Skinner day, I guess. And um, he seemed like a really nice guy, uh, very energetic, very positive. Um, he brings a, a much different energy than Tom does, so maybe that's exactly what this team needs. Uh, I can't wait to see the style that his uh, his team plays, and I can't wait to see how they all fit together. But most importantly, I can't wait to see who resigns their uh, who yeah. resigns with the pride, who's added, and all of that. We we need to get Rachel mm-hmm. Hill signed under contract. Um, yes, please. Others, yes, so. yes, yes, please. Uh, it was another good season down under for, uh, or another good off season down under for the Orlando Pride. Rachel Hill played in the final, uh, although she lost to Alana Kennedy's team in the final. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sydney captured the title, and um, uh, there were four playoff teams down there, and all four had Orlando Pride players on them. Uh, Christine Nairn had a fantastic season for Melbourne Victory. And uh, she was uh, voted by her peers as the Players Player of the Year for her team. Fantastic season for Christine Nairn. Uh, Danny Weatherholt, another good season. Um, Chia Bogagoo played for Brisbane Roar. And uh, Carson Pickett. And it was just, uh, you know, it was was good to see Orlando Pride players uh, doing well, uh, representing the team well on loan to Australia. Well, not only that, but I mean, they get to go down there. They get to, um, you know, ply their trade. Um, you know, make some money. Um, keep their uh, keep their skills up, uh, so that when they come back, hopefully, they're uh, all that much better. I, I know Danny Weatherholt was was saying that for her, it was something that she really thinks did help her game. So mm-hmm. hopefully, that is the case. And you know, when they do come back, we'll actually have. We'll reap the benefits of their time uh, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, as we are going to do a little bit of an abbreviated version of this uh, 151st episode of the Mainland Podcast, is uh, this is really more or less a lengthy test session for you and me, Dave, on the the this system and you're welcome everybody we honestly don't know if this system's going to stay in place because uh, some right. things some things ha- have to take place a renewal has to take place uh, from some something i'm not actually involved in but i'm i'm allowed to use it as long as it's available uh but <sighs> here we go so i think we need to take some uh, some listener emails and, and tweets and you know you can always ask the mainland podcast anything doesn't have yes. to be soccer related but it can be and uh, you can do that two ways you can write to us on twitter and we are at the mainland that's our twitter handle no it's m-a-n-e that's how you do main you don't do M-A-N-E. like alliance main that's right like alliance main that's it's very punny um so at the mainland uh, and just hit us up with a hashtag AskTMLPC. And you can also hit us up on the email at themainland at gmail.com. So those are two ways you can do that. Now, um, if you send a raven, we may or may not get it. So, Yeah, or, or if you're a Harry Potter fan, you might send an owl. And we may or may not get that. Completely different bird. Yes. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know uh, if that one's better than the other. I don't know which one's more reliable. If the Raven network is more reliable than the Owl network, I'm not sure. Yeah. One's probably magical, one's not. I think we're getting too deep in the weeds here, though. Well, you know, that's what we have to do, because uh, when that's you right. do that... We- we do it allows that, yes. me to actually look up the questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny enough, everybody, we were doing a some micro-tests prior to this test podcast that you are now listening to, and uh, we spoke about various things, including uh, Michael's lack of TV watching due to lack of interwebs and um, how I recommend it. Uh, Umbrella Academy, which he hasn't seen yet, I recommend it to all of you out there in mainland podcast world and then uh russian doll which he has seen and i think we both give our two thumbs up on that one as well yeah yeah i think russian doll was quite good um so let's start with ryan smith um Ryan's very patient mo- Ryan Smith. Yes, Ryan Smith most recently uh sent us a question on valentine's day as near as i can tell um but he wanted to know dave uh, does Sasha earn the armband outright this year with Spectre gone and so many others? If he's off the field due to injury or works his way out of the 11, who do you give it to? So is Sasha question getting the armband? If And if he if he does, uh, if he's off the field, who gets it? Wow. So um, a couple weeks ago, that would have been a no-brainer. Yes, he gets the armband. Uh, now we've got Nani. So... You know, who who gets it? I would still lean towards Sasha just because he's been with uh, Orlando City for a little bit longer, at least to start the season. Uh, let Nani get in and get to know everybody and all that. Uh, but I would say that if he, uh, if he was to leave the field, um, if Nani was on there, he would get it. Other than that, uh, possibly Sané. Yeah, and it's been going to some some different people. Um, I think uh, Brian Rowe had it uh, the night that the starters played against uh, New York City. Um, Sasha seemed like a good candidate for it, certainly. Uh, But then with Nani being signed, I think that I would be surprised if anyone other than Nani wore it. Um, But behind Nani, certainly Question and Sané are are a couple of good options. Um, uh, I think a lot of people that listen to this show or read our site don't really necessarily like Will Johnson, but I think the other players like Will Johnson quite a bit. And I think James O'Connor likes him quite a bit. And I think he would be another candidate to wear it at times as well. So, but let's just not get injured this year. How about the, how about that? No injuries. I like that. Yeah. No injuries. Yeah. I'm, I'm in favor of the no injury um, season because we've had the many injury season four times in a row and it hasn't worked out really well. I, I, th- I'm hesitant to say it, but we should be due to have a light injury season. Well, one can only hope. Because yes. I'm tired of people saying, well, it's because it's hot in Orlando. Well, it doesn't really explain why Houston doesn't have the same problem. It doesn't. Uh, nobody ever says, well, it's too hot in Houston. That's why nobody stays healthy in Houston. It's but a they, dry heat. They say that here. It's definitely not a dry heat in Houston. <laughs> I've been to Houston, and it is not dry in the summer no, there. No, it's not. Um... Okay, so thank you, Ryan Smith, for the question. I know we have some questions in the old email box as well. So, I don't know what the heck that was. That was MLSsoccer.com rearing its ugly head. I don't know if you heard that, Dave. But there was definitely music, or I mean noise, going on. 
I did not hear it, and thus, hopefully, neither did the listeners. Oh, it probably it probably got recorded. <laughs> it probably got recorded. But it's that, okay. It was only like two that, or three seconds. That musical <laughs> interlude brought to you by MLS.com. <laughs> MLSsoccer.com. The people... Oh, by the way, Dave. Uh, yes. Matt Doyle followed the mainland this week. Did you know that? I read something about that today on our uh, our internal chat. Yeah, he, he followed us on Twitter today, just, uh, I think, so he could um, just dunk on Orlando City some more. But, um, well, you know, what are you going to do? Don't well, he's, been, he's been covering stuff for how long now? Five years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is our fifth year, and he's just now getting around to to following us so I don't know it's uh seems like a should missed we, opportunity seems, should we be like a, should, should we be offended that he didn't for five years or that he is now uh, I was actually to- <laughs> I don't know I was actually toying with the idea of blocking him just for fun just <laughs> <laughs> see what happens <laughs> yeah exactly um alright so we got some emails uh from Dave Huffman and uh, Dave says that we're his favorite OCSC podcaster, so that's cool. That's very cool. I didn't even know there were any other OCSC podcasters. I wasn't aware of any other shows. Were you aware of any other shows? Nah, surely not. Okay. So there aren't any new, there aren't any other shows. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, well, then we have to be his favorites. Dave would. Look. Dave says that, that we've brought in a lot of new faces. Uh, he asks, which new players do you think will be the most fun and why, and bonus, if you break it out, by which new players will be fun for kids to watch versus adults? <laughs> for kids to watch? Um, well, I think, uh, as you mentioned, Sebas uh, will be a fun... I, I want to mention earlier, he's the kind of annoying midfielder that you want. The guy who just annoys the crap out of the other team. I don't know that he'll be fun for kids to watch, but... Um, I, I, I'm going to enjoy that. I think uh, Tesha Akindale, I think he's going to be fun to watch because I, uh, in my prediction, he was my breakout player, and I think he's going to score some goals and get some assists and free up Dom Dwyer to get some goals. So I think he's going to be a big piece. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ron, of course, the speed. So that's the one that the kids are going to like because he's going to be so fast that they're going to be – it'll be when they get their new shoes, they're going to be like, I'm as fast as him now. So yeah, Ru- I, th- I agree. I think Ruan will be uh, fun for the kids to watch because of his speed and because he'll probably uh, kick the ball 30 rows over the net like Carlos Rivas did. Um, I don't think he's quite the accurate shooter that we would like him to be, um, but maybe he'll uh, surprise us. It's it's We, we haven't seen very much of him yet. Uh, Sebas Mendez will be fun for everybody to watch. He's uh, he's very tenacious, very energetic, um, and it seems like a really good player. And I think that his movement and his work will will be fun to watch. Of course, Chris Mueller is always fun to watch because of his work rate. And oh, yeah. and Nani will be fun to watch. And Nani will be a lot of fun to watch. And I think that uh, it will be fun to see who does more backflips this year, Nani or Dom Dwyer. <laughs> We we definitely need to if we can figure out how to put up a counter on the uh, on the website we should do that. Yeah, I don't think we could do it on the website. I think we're just gonna have to have a running like a fan post or something. A fan post running yeah, total. We're just, we're okay. Just have to edit it every time that he get there's a new one. So completely worth it. Uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> Dave also has another question. Uh, he says uh, he 
it's our favorite type, the one, uh, the not about soccer type. But All it right. Is kind, but he says it is kind of about soccer. Yeah, it's about soccer. Sorry. Oh, uh, he says, have you ever considered a TML, the mainland, pregame, tailgate, or bar gathering? Uh, perhaps you are always working or live in Tallahassee, but maybe once this season you could pick a bar with tasty beer, tasty beer selections for short pregame drinks and handshake. That isn't code for anything, I promise. And uh, maybe Orlando City wins that day 3-0, and then we would have to do it every home game because we are superstitious, and Orlando City never loses at home again. Then, says Dave, the mainland gets insanely popular due to their influence on OC results, and you decide to cancel the pregame because no bar can hold us, and we lose to Chicago on a goal from midfield in a game we control so thoroughly that the fire rarely gets to midfield, so when they get there, they shoot. But it's okay because Mr. Blank was wagering heavily on Orlando City to win and lost so much money that he has to sell several players. But he keeps Guzan, and he gets exposed for the butcher he is, and Atlanta misses the playoffs, and fans throw trash on the field like the Braves did in the 2012 wildcard game. And Orlando fans feel so bad for them that we changed the chant to save Atlanta, but it doesn't work, and they move to San Antonio when the city inevitably gets bored with the game and starts posting Dallas-like attendance totals. So, pregame? <laughs> okay, first off, best question ever. Longest Secondly, question ever, certainly. Question. That's still, still best question ever. Secondly, yeah, we have thought about that. I'll let you explain all the things because you've been the one that's been trying to make it happen for a couple of years now. We we did, for, for the listeners, we did actually have, there was one time, uh, it was very early on after I, I came on board, and we I was even in town for those of you who don't know I, I live in Tallahassee I was even in town and we actually met and there's a bunch of people that were there that aren't even on staff anymore mm-hmm. and we had some hot dogs and we had some uh, well Michael did because he had to go to the press box but we had some beers and then we went and watched the game so it kind of happened one time but there wasn't really a meet and greet with the uh, listeners readers yeah. but I'll let you, I'll let it, you go into the rest it was a very short sort of staff meeting um, in the one of the lots north of the uh, Citrus Bowl at the yeah. time. Um, but I've been trying to put together a charity tailgate where, you know, we have, um, you know, we have donations given and we, you know, we, we pick a charity, probably like the, the one Orlando fund or something. And we have, you know, raffles and silent auctions and things. We raise a bunch of money for charity and then you can, you know, you can meet your, your, the mainland staff and have some drinks and some food all for like one, uh, donation price, which would be set at whatever level. Um, there's a lot of moving parts to that. I've had a lot of people very interested in us doing that uh, in terms of not just people who want us to do it so that they can come to it, but like the, the club was very accepting and promised that we could get, you know, like player signed stuff to, to put in the, the auction and things like that, um, that they would give us a designated area to do it. And, you know, we've had some people say that they were, they would be willing to, to chip in, you know, food or beverage. But the problem is, is the, the, the main problem is there's only one of me and it was really just became too, too much to, to pull off last year. It requires a lot of planning and, um, and this and is a not lot our full time jobs. Yeah. And this is not our full time job. So this is only my secondary full time job. Correct. On, on top of the full time job that actually pays me a living wage. Correct. Uh, this is a, a second full time job that doesn't pay me a living wage. <laughs> and then that thing would be hours on, spent on top of that. And with it, it just got to be too much. So 
the short answer is yes, we've we've put effort into it, we put thought and time into it, but we ha- haven't been able to do it the way I would like to do it. Um, but maybe there will be a way that we can do it. Maybe if we can get enough volunteers to help me with all the things that I need to get done, uh, maybe we could pull it off. Um, but that's not to say that we couldn't at some point say, um, you know, have a mainland, you know, Friday night trivia night or something and all go out someplace and you can hang out with us and maybe Dave will come down from Tallahassee and go to the game the next yeah. day or something like that. So um, never say never. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of new people on the staff that I haven't even met in person. So right. um, it would be it would be great to do that. But thanks, Dave, for the question. And that was a very lovely scenario you uh, crafted uh, <laughs> in, uh, in your email. Uh, that, you know, was, it, that, that had a lot of creativity. Is, are you looking for a writing position with the mainland? Yeah, right. Yeah, we could use we could use some creativity. We have we have none. We're we're, we're pretty much all dead inside at this we're, point. Yeah, so we're we're sadly uh, bereft of any thought. Uh, anyway, um, but thank you for the emails. Thank you for the tweets. We appreciate it, and that is going to do it. If you sent something in since our last uh, show and we didn't read your email on the on the air or, or your tweet and get to your question. Just please send us a new one. We it's been so long. We're just trying to get a show out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it probably had something to do with like what do you guys want for, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas and and frankly, that would be a little bit dated now. Like literally, I almost put out a I almost put out a show that just was like 5 minutes of me going, "Hey, uh we I, I promise we're bringing back the podcast and uh, this is number 151. <laughs> so join us next week uh just to get one out." But right. um, this one because we we did actually have people tweeting at us. Hey, are you guys going to do a show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah we we tried. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to do with no internet. I I honestly couldn't think of a way to do it without internet. But I'm sure there was a way, and I just didn't know what it was. But um, all right, before we get to our uh, you know our predictions for opening day, Dave. God, it seems weird to talk about opening day when I haven't talked to you in two months. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely odd. But um, the one thing that I, w- I did want to talk about is Christian Iguita. Oh, yes. And by the way, he had a great game in that 6-2 win over uh, New England. Um, but Christian was uh, he was honored today as we record this on Monday. This probably will drop on Wednesday. But he was honored for 100 appearances. And it was a very interesting thing to see the club honoring Christian 400 appearances. First of all, it's great that the club acknowledged that and that they gave him uh, a framed jersey with the number 100 and his name on it. They gave him a, a Tag Heuer uh, watch oh. and, um, you know, a very nice watch. Uh, so, And they did it in front of his teammates and media. The interesting thing to me, though, is that he hasn't played 100 games yet. <laughs> um, he's played 97 games, if you count competitive matches, and that's League games and uh, U.S. Open Cup games. The the <laughs> for some reason the club counted international friendlies. Um, yeah. The two that he was in in uh, 2015, and then one uh, that he was in, in against Stoke City. So that was three there. So that brings it to a hundred. So that's interesting. But they they didn't count any of the other friendlies that he was in against domestic competition, <laughs> uh, whether it be you know preseason. Or the Louisville City game. I actually don't know if he was in the Louisville City game in 2015 or not. Um, but yeah, there were other friendlies, and oh, yeah. I'm not really sure 
what makes one better than the other. But it, it was it, it was it just struck I've... me as odd. It just struck me as odd uh, when they could just easily wait for him to play in three MLS games and just do it then. And Dave, do it in front of the fans before a game, maybe. Yeah, I have a couple theories. Um, one, at least they were they, they they were being consistent in including international friendlies and not domestic friendlies, and thus came to that number and decide somebody decided that that's how it was going to be. Two, <laughs> <laughs> two, um, they didn't want to wait for three more MLS games uh, because they felt they were going to be too busy with other stuff, so they wanted to get it out of the way. <clears throat> or three, and this one might sound I don't know plausible and most likely somebody messed up um yeah i don't i don't know it was it was just odd all around i did put in some questions to the i wasn't able to go to to training to ask the questions but i did send the questions in and i hope to have an answer maybe i'll have something on the next podcast by then um i should have heard back by then uh i certainly will put a bug in your ear on saturday if i haven't heard back but uh, i did have some questions it's like you know why the arbitrary international friendlies but not domestic friendlies why right. um, why not wait and do it in front of the fans why not just wait three more MLS games and do 100 competitive games uh, the other thing too though is that and yes it was the he's the first player to make 100 appearances in MLS play for Orlando City or, or for Orlando City in the MLS era he's not the first lion to 100 appearances Kevin Molino played 144 games for Orlando City yeah, um, that's something that I think I know um, our own Sean Rollins is very sensitive to the team's uh, USL history. Um, <laughs> he's not very happy every time that the club just kind of acts like nothing happened prior to 2015, and right. because some of us have been around since 2011 as fans of this team and supporters of this team, and yeah, it was. It was something that never really got much play when when Molino hit a hundred. Um, I don't remember a big to do about it. Maybe there was, and I just don't remember it. But um, you know, it, to say that Christian was the first is not accurate because it really diminishes what Kevin Molino did for this team and um, and his importance in the history of the club. Uh, to say that that Higita is the first, so Higita is the first in MLS play. You want to say that? That's fine. Um, but he's still not at a hundred. <laughs> I don't think you can count friendlies. I don't know. Well, that, I don't know that they count friendlies for like they do. If you play for the U.S. Men's National Team, right? And you say, "Well, the guy's got a hundred caps." Okay, some of those sure. are probably competitive games, and some of those are probably friendlies, right? Right. But that's not how club soccer works. I mean, nobody in Manchester United gets, you know, recognized for a hundred, you know, wins if they. <laughs> Played a friendly against and they certainly uh, against the New York Red Bulls. No, they don't get yeah, that. Right, they come over for the ICC or something. They're not getting not getting recognized for that. If you're on 99 and you come over and you play the Red Bulls or or even the MLS All Stars, you're not getting your your recognition for 100. No. So anyway, it was strange, but it happened this week, and it was something that's uh, that we've been talking about internally. And um, you well, know, after three games, we can all just let it go. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully Christian doesn't get traded before he gets he gets three more, <laughs> three more in because that would be bad. But I do like the fact that the club is acknowledging service and milestones, and it'll be interesting to see 
if somebody reaches, you know, like a big milestone, like 200 or 250 or something crazy like that, somebody that, that ends up sticking around for years and years, uh, which is rare in sports these days, but it, it does happen sometimes. So. Well, here's here's a question. Uh, at some point, presumably Dom will hit 100 if we include USL days. Will they include those? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, that's why I said that that's going to be, that'll be the interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have to ask Sean, like where exactly, yeah, where he right is. Now, Cause he's gotta be, he's gotta be getting close. I would think that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but maybe not, maybe not. He's only been uh, back for a couple years now. So, um, and he didn't play a whole lot of games the one year that he was on loan. So we'll, we'll have to, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it for you and we'll, we'll let you know. And we'll, maybe we'll let the club know. Ooh. <laughs> so that they so they can make throwing shade. Yeah, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying so maybe they can be ready for it ahead of time. Okay, you're, worked, you're asking questions. I worked in a communications department for a professional sports team, and I know those things are there are those things can slip through the cracks if you're not very vig- vigilant about tracking them. And with all the other duties that you have in that job, because it is a it is a very demanding job, and it's it's demanding of many, many, many hours more than most people work in a week. Um, things can sometimes slide, so it's uh, it's it's important to stay vigilant and and to track those. And, um, and we are fortunate of, that we have Sean. <laughs> we are fortunate that we have Sean, and I used to do that because I used to keep the record books for the Florida Panthers, and you know update the media guides and all of that stuff and and it was that was on me and I did miss some from time to time some slipped by me um, and uh, it's no fun when that happens you people get mad at you people get very very mad at you <laughs> so uh, luckily it didn't happen very often and the, the like the one time that I can recall it happening was not a Panthers milestone so much as an NHL milestone um, for somebody that had played a lot of years, so it was kind of really hard to track um, all of their various teams and stuff like that. So, anyway, nevertheless, we move on, Dave. And before we get out of here, let's go ahead and talk about the game on Saturday. New York City FC no longer has David Villa. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that just but, came out. <laughs> um, Orlando City will be hosting the Pigeons. Haven't uh, other than the friendly last uh, week and a half ago hasn't scored against New York since 2017 um, what's your key matchup what's your score prediction for opening day um, key matchup is going to be who the heck is in goal for Orlando City um, because it, it, yeah, we suspect it'll be Brian Rowe but we don't know for sure and you know as we know uh, if one of the big things last season was that we let more goals in uh, than we scored, and that doesn't make for a winning combination. So uh, I think having a hopefully somebody in there that can stop whatever they do throw at us is going to be the, the biggest thing. Now, of course, that being said, everything is the biggest thing because it's the first game of the season. It's the first time we're really going to see the first team or what is ostensibly will be the first team. We have no idea you know what it's all going to look like we don't know if Dom Dwyer is back there's so many unknowns going into the first game that you could almost pick anywhere on the field I'm picking keeper okay uh I will say this I will say that the 
the key matchup for me is Orlando City's midfield against Alex Ring. Alex Ring is a player that has really given uh, Orlando City some fits uh, in recent years, and you know that's that's somebody that they're going to need to track. I mean, he he kind of starts their offense from the back and plays out of the back for them. And he also breaks up stuff all over the field. So they did a really nice job on him. Tesho Akindele actually did a really nice job on him in the in the friendly. Um, can somebody, you know, duplicate that effort against him in a in a meaningful game? That's going to be my key matchup. Also, the defensive part of the midfield against Maxi Morales is going to be very important as well. So that's my key matchups. Uh, did you get? What, what's your score? I did not give a score. I'm going to go on a traditional 2-2 draw with the Lions scoring late to salvage the uh, the point. I'm going to go back to 2015 oh. and re uh, relive the 1-1 draw. I think it's uh, going to end up 1-1. I just remembered I got a uh, we haven't done this for so long. We haven't had to talk about a game in so long. I do not have my prediction spreadsheet up, so I'm going to have to go and do that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to update I know. That. I'm slacking. All right. So, anyway, that's going to do it for episode 151, Dave. People can, uh, again, get their get their questions into us, and uh, they can do that at the mainland on Twitter with the hashtag AskTMLPC, or they can email us, themainland at gmail.com. The... Uh, other thing you can do is you can go to iTunes and leave us a nice five star review. And if you if you write some nice things about us and you give us a five star rating, uh, we will read your uh, review on the air. We haven't had one since um, September September twenty second was our well, last to be, one. To be fair, we haven't had many podcasts since then either. That's so. true, but. Uh, we are still holding at a 5.0 out of 5 stars after 38 ratings, Dave. I like it. I'll take it. So, yeah, go give us a star rating uh, and, and write us a review. That's how we get heard by more people. So if you like what we do and you want more people to listen to us and, um, you know, maybe somebody to actually sponsor us so that we can get paid for this, that'd be great. And uh, you can do that at iTunes. And, um, you know... We'll be back again next week to do it all again, Dave. And I don't know what form that's going to take place. I have some thoughts uh, uh, as to some backup systems we can use if this is not available any longer. Uh, but again, you have to have time in the day to test that stuff. And, I and don't we're not have time. To do that. That's right. We don't always have time to do that. So uh, that'll do it for episode 151. Uh, thanks to our special guest, uh, if we had one, but we didn't. So it's just me and Dave. So I guess we're the special guests this week because it's been a long time since we've been on. We are special. So big thanks to us for being here. Yes. <laughs> uh, that'll do it. We'll be back to talk about Orlando City against New York City FC. And uh, we will then look ahead to, what, what is it, the Chicago Fire? Oi. I think I think. I think it's the Chicago Fire. I, I'm really discombobulated as we head into this system. We were season, so worried about say. we were so worried about whether we could even record or not. We're not. We're just not prepared. We're not. We're we're not. We're still in preseason form. Okay, everybody. Yeah, that's right. We're, we we haven't. Uh, we're still not fit. We're working our way to we're, full we're fitness. Not, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So we we anyway we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week actually because we have the opener. We'll have a preview of Chicago. We'll have the Sea Wolves. Of course, uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk about them, um, and the She Believes Cup, which is uh, starting 
this week. In fact, uh, this if this drops on Wednesday, it will be very, this very evening against Japan. So um, lots going on, and uh, we're really excited to have soccer back. Hopefully you're really excited to have the podcast back. And we'll sign off now, the way we always do. On behalf of David Rowe, I'm Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of The Mainland, signing off by saying, Go City, Go Pride, and Go Seawolves. <laughs>